the Wampanoag leader who greeted the pilgrims in 1621. Fifty-four years later, in 1675, Massasoit's son went to war. The fragile bonds that had held the Indians and English together in the decades since the sailing of the Mayflower had been irreparably broken. King Philip's war lasted only fourteen months, but it changed the face of New England. After fifty-five years of peace, the lives of native and English peoples had become so intimately intertwined that when fighting broke out, many of the region's Indians found themselves, in the words of a contemporary chronicler, in a kind of maze, not knowing what to do. Some Indians chose to support Philip. Others joined the colonial forces. Still others attempted to stay out of the conflict altogether. Violence quickly spread until the entire region became a terrifying war zone. A third of the hundred or so towns in New England were burned and abandoned. There was even a proposal to build a barricade around the core settlements of Massachusetts and surrender the towns outside the perimeter to Philip and his allies. The colonial forces ultimately triumphed, but at a horrifying cost. There were approximately 70,000 people in New England at the outbreak of hostilities. By the end of the war, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 were dead, with more than three-quarters of those losses suffered by the Native Americans. In terms of percentage of population killed, King Philip's War was more than twice as bloody as the American Civil War and at least seven times more lethal than the American Revolution. Not counted in these statistics are the hundreds of Native Americans who, like the passengers aboard the Seaflower, ended the war as slaves. It had taken fifty-six years to unfold, but one people's quest for freedom had resulted in the conquest and enslavement of another. It was Philip who led me to the pilgrims. I was researching the history of my adopted home, Nantucket Island, when I encountered a reference to the Wampanoag leader in the town's records. In attempting to answer the question of why Philip, whose headquarters was in modern Bristol, Rhode Island, had traveled more than sixty-five miles across the water to Nantucket, I realized that I must begin with Philip's father, Massasoit, and the pilgrims. My initial impression of the period was bounded by two conflicting preconceptions. The time-honored tradition of how the pilgrims came to symbolize all that is good about America and the now equally familiar modern tale of how the evil Europeans annihilated the innocent Native Americans. I soon learned that the real-life Indians and English of the seventeenth century were too smart, too generous, too greedy, too brave, in short, too human, to behave so predictably. Without Massasoit's help, the pilgrims would never have survived the first year, and they remained steadfast supporters of the sachem to the very end. For his part, Massasoit realized almost from the start that his own fortunes were linked to those of the English. In this respect, there is a surprising amount of truth in the tired, threadbare story of the first Thanksgiving. But the Indians and English of Plymouth Colony did not live in a static idol of mutual support. Instead, it was fifty-five years of struggle and compromise, a dynamic, often harrowing process of give-and-take. As long as both sides recognized that they needed each other, there was peace.
the next generation, however, came to see things differently. When Philip's warriors attacked in June of 1675, it was not because relentless and faceless forces had given the Indians no other choice. Those forces had existed from the very beginning. War came to New England because two leaders, Philip and his English counterpart, Josiah Winslow, allowed it to happen. For Indians and English alike, there was nothing inevitable about King Philip's war, and the outbreak of fighting caught almost everyone by surprise. When violence and fear grip a society, there is an almost overpowering temptation to demonize the enemy. Given the unprecedented level of suffering and death during King Philip's war, the temptations were especially great, and it is not surprising that both Indians and English began to view their former neighbors as subhuman and evil.